particular subvariant, which is a descendant of the Omicron, is already the dominant coronavirus subvariant in the country. Now, currently, on average, it is about 17% of the cases, of new cases uh, so far this year, which is the highest amount of any single strain. It doesn't seem like it's that high, but it's the highest amount of any single strain right now. Now, what I'm going to talk about in another article is the fact that the new vaccine doesn't even target this one. It's targeting the older one, the one that is now totally declining and probably won't be here in a month. And this is the danger of vaccine programs that are established around mutating pathogens. Just like the flu shot, they just never seem to get it right, do they? They can't seem to pinpoint it. So this particular strain isn't, quote, setting off any alarms as far as disease severity, although early reports show it may be more transmissible. Okay, language check here. It may be more transmissible. Does anybody remember when they used that already? As it relates to COVID, can anybody tell me when they started saying, but this one may be more transmissible? Yes, it was the Delta variant. Exactly. Exactly. The first strain of COVID comes out, the alpha, SARS-CoV-2. All of a sudden, Delta comes around and it was more mild. But that's not going to scare anybody, is it? So what they did was they started saying it was more transmissible. Now, the interesting thing about this, do you hear what they said? They didn't say this is mild. They didn't want to say that. That makes it look like it's no big deal and somebody's going to scroll past the article. And of course, somebody won't be afraid. So they say it isn't setting off any alarms. But they're still using that word, alarms, because if you're reading this fast enough, you're saying, let's say you're scanning this, you're going, EG5, setting off alarms, disease severity, because you're just reading quickly. Most people are just skimming. So instead of them saying EG5 is mild, they're using language that still addresses the harm, severity, alarms, danger. But they're actually saying it is mild without saying that. But why wouldn't they just choose that language? Why wouldn't they name it something else? Why are they naming it something that, that means strife and discord? This is not harmless. These are not harmless choices. These are not innocent oversights. These are 100% consciously chosen. Everything about this is consciously chosen. COVID was probably killer for ratings for news stations. So whatever they can do to keep people afraid of this stuff is going to be great for them, right? Early reports say it's more transmissible. So we're, here we are in like deja vu with Delta, right? But then the, the Yale Medicine Infectious Disease Specialist says, I'm not aware of data that suggests it leads to worse cases of COVID-19 compared to prior variants. So it is not more serious. It's not going to create more severe cases. But again, this is like, instead of saying 
this is more mild and will lead to milder cases. He's saying, I'm not aware that says it leads to these bad cases because if you're reading this too fast, people literally misinterpret stuff all day long. We're not worried about severity according to the medical community. All right, well, if we're not worried about severity, does anybody know why then we're talking about uh, how all three companies are creating a new vaccine that's coming out next week? that is supposed to be everybody's obligation to get that booster. If there's no increase in severity, there's no real risk to this particular strain, because we've just gone down in severity each time, right? Then why all this hype about a new vaccine? Doesn't that make you ask that question? So in fact, <laughs> what Dr. Roberts says is it's not much different than other recent strains. Okay, then why all the hype? If you type in Eris variant into Google right now, you will find so many, so many articles all about it. But it's not that much different than recent strains, according to Dr. Roberts from Yale Medicine. He's an infectious disease specialist, okay? But then this is what it says. However, because we don't want you to get too calm. However, EG5, this new variant, does have one mutation in its spike protein, the part that facilitates the virus entry into the host cell that can potentially evade some of the immunity acquired after an infection or vaccination. Okay, so what they are saying, this new variation will not necessarily be covered if you have prior immunity. And, you know, I think it's just so crazy that they are openly writing now. Acquired after an infection or vaccination, they're openly writing that even if you had a, a vaccination, this thing's a little different and whatever immunity you had from that's not going to be good. Remember, when they told everybody to get the vaccine, they promised you, they promised you that it would cover you. You'd be good. But now they're openly saying, oh, that last one you got, the last two you got, possibly the last three or four that you got, they're just not going to cut it now, not going to cut it anymore. However, this variant is so mild and not different than other strains, I'm again not sure why we're talking about a new vaccine altogether. Now, the interesting part is it's going to contradict the language coming up here because as it says it's not that different than the other strains, that means it's relatable enough to the Omicron variant, the variants from the Omicron specifically, okay? Under, apparently everything now is under Omicron. There's nothing flying around from Delta or the original Alpha strain. Everything's under Omicron. But they're saying it's not that much different. And yet, in these other articles I'm going to talk about, and this point that they just made, however, this strain probably is not going to get coverage from what you had before. But they said what we had before was enough to cover all Omicron. And this is apparently not that different from any of them. But that doesn't sell vaccines. The fact that we have a vaccine program that was ready to unload and unveil a brand new, brand new booster this fall, just in time for everybody to get it, should tell you this is designed as a business. It's not, oh, we have something that just got more serious and we need to create another version to handle it. This thing's still mild. It's just a different variation. But they wanted the fall season's business. 
because they are planning and have always intended on making this an annual, regular, seasonal vaccine along with the flu shot. That was always the intention of them. That is not what they told everybody, though. They told everybody this is one and done. You're going to get this and then you're going to be, that's it. You've done your part and you're going to be covered forever. Think about what happens when we, when we talk about the number of doses for an annual vaccine. Keep in mind, this is not the only one on the schedule. You've got the flu vaccine uh, for adults over 65. They look at Prevnar. Now, this summer, the FDA approved one for RSV that they are recommending for all adults over 60 years old. They want you to get triple COVID, flu, and RSV together every fall and winter on a yearly basis. Think about how many doses that adds up to over time. This is not just let me get my one vaccine because, hey, we all got the polio vaccine, didn't we? When they are requiring you to take something every single year that, according to them, takes three months to even be effective, and by that point, you're already fully susceptible and exposed, and only lasts within that same three-month period after that, like, this is not something that's going to give you any long-term protection. And we already know that even with that limited protection it gives, people are still getting it. It's not stopping the spread. People are still getting sick. When they require that, this is not your, you know, societal obligation to help us as a whole and as a community. This is telling you it doesn't work. It doesn't work so much that they have to keep giving it to you every year. Think about the number of doses that adds up over time. Look at 10 years, okay? 10 new boosters of that, 10 boosters of the flu shot, 10 boosters of RSV and whatever Prevnar you're taking. I mean, that is a lot of toxicity. And it's even worse that you are taking that toxicity into your system, it's not even protecting you. It's not even going to keep you from getting sick. And this whole narrative about how it keeps you from getting a more serious version is crap. It is a total lie. It has always been a lie. It has never kept people from getting a more severe case. It can't really do that. But when you have a product that does not work, you have a huge PR section of your company that spends time marketing and figuring out how you can spin it. And the way that you spin it is, oh, yes, it might not stop the transmission, but it will give you a milder case. And that is how people rationalize the fact that they forced you into it, rationalize the fact that your doctor told you you should get it, and rationalize the fact that they are making an entire country and have made an entire country sign up for it in order to participate in life. So they've been reporting in the last couple months about there being, there being an uptick in cases and hospitalizations. Okay, when people see that, oh no, something, again, something more serious is happening. But 
you know, right after that, they kind of mentioned, but this is still much lower than previous summers. But they don't really want you to know that. They want you to think increase in hospitalizations, uh, something's wrong. I better tune in. And they said this recent uptake uh, is likely due to the new variant, which has a greater ability to bypass your immune defense. And they mentioned the waning effectiveness of last fall's booster shots. Right here. Now, this is directly from Yale Medicine. Again, yalemedicine.org. The waning effectiveness of last fall's booster shot. Does anybody remember them telling you, hey, by the way, we're going to make you all get a booster, but it's not going to last very long. It's just going to be a short period of time. They never told you that. Nobody got the booster knowing that. Nobody was like, eh, okay, well, at least they'll give me, you know, two months. Nobody said that. The booster was supposed to be for the new variants then that was going to get you through. And now new variants again. Why? Because this shit mutates. That's what happens. It's always happened. It's always changed. And again, this goes back to what your belief is on viruses and whatnot. And that's like a whole nother discussion. But assuming we are in mainstream discussion um, with germ theory and, and viruses, mutating is kind of like historically exactly what happens. The flu is such a good example. It's such a good example. And it's like we were all just like, huh? Like, you know, somehow all of our base knowledge just went out the window when 2020 came along, but this is exact. This is doing exactly what I projected back in 2020. This is exactly what's happening. And people were like, no way, not going to happen. And, and here we are. It says, does this particular variant cause symptoms that are different from these other subvariants? Not so far. Like all these other Omicron strains, it, it infects the upper respiratory tract, which is a runny nose, sore throat, and cold-like symptoms. It's cold. Now, this question, will the new booster shot expected this fall protect against this new variant? It says the new booster won't be an exact match. Why? Because it was designed for the prior variant, prior to June of this year. We're in September of this year. There's already a new variant, and yet they're still trying to unveil this entire fall program for everybody to get their vaccine. They're already admitting that this is not going to line up with it. But here's where PR comes in. Pfizer, Moderna, Novavax are all developing the versions that were aimed at the XBB 1.5. This is the prior variant. But they say it's a close relative. This is how they get around it. It's a close relative. So therefore, oh, this booster shot is likely, probably, maybe going to have some protection for you. Why they can even unveil an entire program for a brand new millions and millions of doses just in the United States alone for a variant that doesn't really exist anymore is beyond me. Every single person going to their doctor this fall is going to hear their doctor saying, did you get your new booster? but it doesn't even focus on this variant because it wasn't here yet at the time that they were creating it, which is always the problem with the flu vaccine, right? Every year. But it's like interesting because at the same time they go, oh yeah, we've got this similar genetic coding, so it's probably gonna cross over. 
But do you remember on the last page I just read to you, the difference in the, uh, the new variant is that there is a change in the protein in the spike protein that makes it bypass your prior immunity, bypass your prior immunity from vaccines. So which is it? It either is a close relative and it's going to work or it's different enough to bypass the immunity from the prior vaccines and your prior natural immunity. Do you see how those are two completely different messages? But to the average person, they're missing the truth telling that's happening in here. They're just going like, oh, okay, this is related and the booster is not exact, but it's close relative and okay. Like, you know, the average person's not, not seeing that they're trying to tell the truth so that they are quote unquote honest in their advertising. And yet at the same time, they are kind of manipulating the way you interpret this by the language that they're using. Well, not kind of, they are. But here's where they say it. Ah, the thing I said back in 2020, right here in black and white from Yale Medicine. It says, this is the groundwork for seasonal COVID-19 booster shots in the future. The new booster this fall won't be the last, says Dr. Roberts. Again, he's from Yale Medicine, infectious disease specialist, doctor. He says, the new booster this fall won't be the last. COVID-19 will probably be similar to the flu where the strain mutates slightly every year we develop a vaccine before we know exactly which variants will be circulating several months out it's always an educated guess it's always a guess you guys ah they just happen to get it wrong again isn't that unfortunate? Best intentions, but um, looks like they just missed the mark. Despite that, though, you still need to go get your booster. And you need to get it every year because eh, it's probably close enough. So they are contradicting earlier statements that they made in the same article. And they're contradicting the message and the narrative that they are giving you with this. It says, how can people protect themselves against COVID this, this winter? It says, these vaccines are going to take three months to reach their effectiveness. They're hoping, though, that this is, because this is a mild strain, that this is not going to be creating many hospitalizations. Again, they know it's mild. They are admitting it is mild. Why are we targeting a strain that has already passed, already on the decline, and what we're actually dealing with in real time is a new strain that is mild, that likely doesn't even need, quote, protection. It's a cold. Do we have vaccines for every cold that we have? Of course not. And the, the final thing they want you to, um, to take away from this, which is going to be their advice for you, is COVID vaccination is still the most effective tool for prevention. So if you're reading this article and you're seeing all the truth telling in here, was there anything in there that actually convinced you that this would be an effective tool for prevention? Has anybody even talked about the fact that this could potentially prevent 
illness, I'm pretty clear that in the last three years, every vaccine that they've had out has been shown to not prevent illness. But yet it is the most, quote, effective tool for prevention. Hmm. It's really interesting to me that they can basically tell you, yeah, it doesn't really work. And yeah, the illness isn't really that bad, but everybody should still go get their vaccine. Like what kind of circumstance would require a product that doesn't work for an illness that isn't risky, that they're going to really encourage in the United States alone, they're going to encourage probably close to 200 million people to get it. What other motivation could there be than this is a business decision and this is money? Is anybody still believing that this is a um, this is for the concern of public health anymore? I mean, do, do people really think they're telling you it doesn't work, but you had to do so much investigative work to get to that conclusion because the way that they say it is manipulative. The way that they say it goes down a different path. And they are hoping to convince the uh, majority of America and obviously the rest of the world that we all need to still be signing up for this game called COVID. And that's really what it is at this point. It's sort of like a game, a show. And the real question comes down to how many people are going to watch how many people are going to, to play, to participate. Now, they're a lot more honest about their information this year than they were prior. And they can do that because you notice over the years, they're just slowly telling the truth a little bit at a time. But there was no truth being told in 2020 and very little in 2021. Yet you can go on um, U.S. News, you can go on Yale Medicine, you can go on MSN. All these different outlets that are sharing this information are all saying the same thing now. And yet, they're still going with it. They're still moving forward. Now, in another um, episode, I'm going to talk about Pfizer's website and what they say about this new vaccine, what they say about side effects, and what they say about their claims Really, really interesting language. So I'm going to go into that next time along with a breakdown of um, a few other articles that address the same thing and kind of take us on a slightly different path as we look at the whole narrative surrounding this situation. And uh, I think it's still, like I mentioned at the beginning, I think it's still really important for us to talk about it because we need to, from a place of observation, you know, kind of look back, we're kind of removed from 2020 now. So it's easier to kind of look at it and see how things played out. And we need to anticipate what the next several months is going to look like and possibly the next several years, right? We need to be able to have an open discussion about this. And we need a dose of reality in here about what's really happening. Because what's really happening is uh, an attempt to, to do a part two and to rerun what we've had. And you think we've gotten far enough where people aren't going to let that happen, but I'm not so sure anymore. And um, oh, one of the other uh, episodes I'm going to do is going to talk about this survey that they did 
all these different questions that they asked about people relating to COVID and the vaccines and whether or not they were sick and what their political party was. Super, super interesting. Um, the reason I found that survey was it was linked in one of the articles I was reviewing. And, you know, whenever they say uh, a statement like, more than half of people are going to get the annual COVID vaccine according to a survey, it's important to actually go to that survey. One, see how many people were in that survey. And two, see the rest of the information and how they portrayed it. Because what I found out was that's actually not true. They manipulated that data to make it look like a majority of people, more than half, were on board with what we just talked about, which was the seasonal annual vaccine. And they do that so that you feel a sense of peer pressure, peer obligation, and that you feel like, oh, well, if everybody else agrees with this, then maybe I should too. Nobody wants to be the outlier. Nobody wants to be the person who isn't going along with what, if everybody else thinks it's a good idea, what's wrong with me? And so they do stuff like this in order to to basically have you question your own critical thinking. And as soon as you think, if everybody else thinks this, what am I missing? But the truth was in that survey, the number was not more than half. And I'm going to break that down in a different, um, in a different article. So really interesting stuff that's kind of going on right now. And um, I appreciate you guys uh, logging on to this IG Live. I'm going to cut this one off and take a little break and maybe do the second one or... I might have to do that at another time because I'm getting tired. I get tired easily um, these days, still recovering with my own health issues and had a rough few weeks this last few weeks. But luckily, um, you know, here and, uh, and, and doing okay to be able to do this. But my energy doesn't uh, last that long and I go into wind down pretty soon. But I had some kid-free time and uh, this has been on my mind. And I, I thought, you know what, let's get into this. Let's Let's start breaking this down because I guarantee you at school, family circles, et cetera, you guys are going to start having these conversations and they're going to come up again and you want to be prepared. You want to have, it can't just be like, oh, you're falling for this again. That's not good enough. It's better and more effective when you're going to have conversations with people that maybe do fall into the mainstream on this or I should say mainstream as far as they believe this, that you're able to kind of, you know, offer them some questions because um, you want to have information, you want to talk about the latest data, and you want to probe so that they're probing their own belief system. Uh, they might find that, oh crap, I believe this because I heard about this, but I guess I didn't have enough information to make that conclusion. And um, I want you guys out there, you know telling the story uh, the real way. And, um, and this is what, you know, this information is about. And it's important for us to be critically thinking as always. So anyway, I hope you all are well. And I will talk with you soon.